the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black, in your money. Trying to get you to focus on wealth and creating it so that at one point in time you can walk away. Once a year, Warren Buffett gets together and has a, a meeting. If you will, a Warren Buffett con. It's always fruitful to pay attention to. He's the world's wealthiest man from building money with stocks. He didn't have an inheritance, and he did not have a company that he started that created the value. He invested in companies that created the value. Now, along the way, there's some other things that went his way for sure. But he's considered the Michael Jordan of the stock market. So his Warren Buffett con got canceled during COVID. No in-person meetings. He's got a right-hand man named Charlie Munger who's 98. And Charlie Munger's just one of those weird dudes where he's just, he's really quiet. And then out of nowhere, he, he gawks. <laughs> he, when he does, it's like all, all, all the children start crying. He's 98 years old. He's got a big eye. He's got a small eye. He's renowned. Is it renowned or renowned? I guess we could use either. Renowned for his, how shall we say, crazy stuff that comes out of his mouth about financial companies. And he did not disappoint. When talking about Robin Hood, he referred to God is getting just. <laughs> Don't think he likes Robin Hood. Um, and Robin Hood's had an 88% decline. The popular trading app. Since August 2021, Munger alleged the app encouraged risky trading and wasn't up front about fees. It's just, I think you know that and I know that. And it's just weird when your grandfather blurts it out. God is getting just. Wow, he must really not like Berkshire Hathaway, right? Um. I don't think you're going to see Warren Buffett ever love and enjoy Bitcoin. He doesn't like it because you can't short it. So it's not really a market. It's just a, a you buy it and you, you hold it for the long term. There's no one betting against you. And it doesn't have a job. It doesn't produce anything. I thought it was very interesting that, he, again, he, he's doubling down on that bet. He's going hardcore on what he doesn't like. When he says he doesn't like Bitcoin. And the thing that I want you to get, get the digest of is he thinks that it's filled with kind of like a Ponzi scheme idea. Where if you buy something that's called ABC money or XYZ money. But you're holding it just for the long term. And the next guy buys it and he's holding it for the long term. And the next guy buys it and he's holding it for the long term. What's really happening there? Who's, who's going to be left holding the bag of nothing? Buffett's biggest enemies in recent years have been private equity firms and a booming stock market. 
which made acquisitions and stock purchases off-putting. This company's annual general meeting, Buffett had heated words this weekend for Wall Street. He's referred to it this weekend as a gambling parlor. And companies are now poker chips. And one of the things he was taking a shot at there is kind of CNBC. The, the show that I hate the most is Fast Money. I hate it on CNBC. I, I, I think I could watch any other show. But Fast Money, really, it's, it's all about options. And it, for the average person's options are way too complicated. Um, I don't think options were created to create wealth. I think they were created to protect wealth. I have a large position in Apple, which I started to unwind maybe a year ago. Used proceeds to buy a home. I'll probably unwind a little bit every year. Um, so far, I've done nothing this year with it. But I can use options as a way of creating some income strategy as I'm waiting for what to do with it. He, walked, he talked about how <clears throat> the casino-like feel Um isn't good. It's too frenetic. Traders are pouring money in the market. When he gets a chance to do something, he does things. He placed two major bets this quarter. He sharply increased his stake in Chevron, now at $25.9 billion. It's one of the five biggest holdings in Berkshire's $390 billion portfolio. He also put a $10 billion stake in Occidental and other investments. He's taken a $40 billion bet on the oil sector. The regulatory environment finds Warren Buffett revealed a 9.5% stake in Activision, which I thought was the most interesting thing to come out of the Warren Buffett con this weekend. Um, you're like, Activision? Old, old man Buffett in Activision? There's an arbitrage on it right now that it should be pretty easy to make a big chunk of change. Because Microsoft's trying to buy them, but it has to go through regulatory approval. And um, he goes, if, you know, one thing I can tell you for certain is Microsoft has the money. And if the deal goes through, we make some money. And if it doesn't go through, who knows, he said. But in his mind, he's very much getting it at a discount. And he felt comfortable with the value picking it up at, in the 70s. I picked some up. There's kind of a general feeling of despise of Activision, like their CEO is a little bit on the slimy side, a lot on the slimy side. But uh, he likes the arbitrage bet on it, that if Microsoft closes at 92, 93, uh, and it's currently at 70, 72, he thinks it's, a, it's an easy 10, 15 bucks. But that big spread is people saying, Wait just a minute. You may not, it may not be as easy as you think it is, Mr. Buffet. During the quarter, Warren Berkshire's cash pile ended at $106 billion, the lowest it's been since 2018. Buffett hasn't been this active as a stock buyer since 2008. Now, during the quarter, we just suffered a brutal quarter. 2022 is not off to a glorious start. It's, it's off to a very Huh, I wonder how the last uh, third of it's going to go because the first third didn't go too great. And that's when he bought the most stock he's bought in years, since 2008. I'm not telling you be like Mike, 
I'm saying be like Warren. You should not be panicked or stressed here. We still need the VIX to get up to like a 40, 45, 50 reading for it to be kind of more of an all clear. And I'm never going to use the term all clear, but that's when you feel that the, the panic is, is it's come. And that's when you probably pick up your best bargains. But again, we can't promise that. 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Uh, anything that you ever want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. I think Warren Buffett's worth listening to. And if you do anything after this show ends and you're at lunch today, if you Google Warren Buffett weekend or fun facts about Warren Buffett or top 20 Warren Buffett thoughts, I've got a list of 25 quotes from Warren Buffett. Be greedy when others are fearful. Be fearful when others are greedy. Things like that. I think if you just study those, you'll learn all you need to learn about. Not all you need to learn about investing, but you're on well on your way. You just graduated high school, Money 101, if you read 25 Warren Buffett quotes. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. The fortune-making spirit of today's marketplace, The Rob Black Show. I don't do a lot of segments about Warren Buffett. And I'm not obsessed. I'm not a fanboy. I've been in this career a long time, and I think he does a wonderful job of staying calm, of looking like your grandfather that knows a lot about investing. When his best buddy, Charlie Munger, slams Robin Hood and option trading for the average American, I think it's good. When Warren Buffett's buying more oil and he's bought Apple in the quarter, he said, I would have bought even more. But it's, it kept going up instead of down when the market was going down. Um, I'm not saying he's a woke investor to Apple, but it's the first time he's ever taken a huge stake in a technology company. And it's worked out well for him. Um, he's the Woodstock leader of capitalism. I guess he was the Jimi Hendrix this weekend. The closing act. Is that, I don't know much about Woodstock, just to be honest with you. I keep watching the documentaries. I'm like, I should like this more. I should like a music festival, you know, anti-war and all these great acts there. I'm like, I never get that into it. It's maybe the footage is to, hey man, let's party. So at his big Warren Buffett event, the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, it always makes headlines. And today is a day when CNBC kind of like, they take Becky Quick who... If, if funny, I knew Becky Quick when she was a writer um, for the Wall Street Journal. She was basically a tech beat writer. And somehow she gets into CNBC, uh, starts covering money. She does a great job. Oh, she'd do little tech updates on CNBC. But she was like a really nerdy girl 20 years ago. Um, she was a, all the lasses and glasses. She was that young woman who wore glasses and it was kind of nerdy. And through the years, you've seen her go very New York and very CNBC and have her hair blown out and marry a rich um, investment guru kind of thing and have a baby. And like you've just seen her change from the 20-year-old beat writer. It's kind of, it's kind of nice. Right? Sometimes we don't get enough time to watch people change, you know? So Warren Buffett's big headline grabbing weekend, I think, is all great. He does things like, since he invests in Coke, he drinks Coke at the event. Since he invests in Dairy Queen, he'll eat freezes and he'll have Dairy Queen there. 
I like stupid stuff like that because it reminds me um, what I believe in. I don't have Spotify. I have Apple Music because Apple, the stock, has made my family wealthy. Um, my business dealings on talking about tech stocks has made my family wealthy. So we don't buy any Google products <laughs> kind of thing. If you're picking up what I'm putting down. Um, and I know you're saying that's kind of a weird thing, Rob. Yeah, hey, I think it's fine, though. Warren Buffett rallied or uh, he rallied me this weekend with some thoughts on like, you know, don't forget, buy it darkest before it's dawn. Keep doing what you're doing. But he really hates Wall Street. It's one of the more interesting things. And like some of the things you find out, like he still owns his original house from 55, 60 years ago. And he's going to die at some point. He's uh, not going to live forever. But he's still pretty, he's pretty coherent. It's like, he's an example that you can drink two Cokes a day and, and not die. You know, he's, that's something, right? So he doesn't like Wall Street. And one of the things he says is, I hate paying fees to bankers. Um, he thinks it's too much of a gambling parlor this weekend. He scared the hell out of everyone on potential of nuclear war talks and what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine. All of that felt very, very stale to me. It didn't feel like we're learning a lot this weekend. Um, I felt like Charlie Munger is a little bit too much of a Andrew Dice Clay. Hickory dickory dock. Robin Hood sucks. And you're like, whoa, did that old man just say that? He, you're not allowed to use the word suck. Like that's, I remember when I was a kid, if I used the word sucks, my mom, would, my dad would basically not hit me, but glare at me. Like, you're not allowed to say that. That's not gentlemanly. So a couple things that Warren Buffett did do this weekend that I really liked. Again, I don't need the nuclear commentary. I don't need the let's trash Robin Hood or pick on Wall Street. And I know you're folksy and I get it, but you don't have to pick on Wall Street all the time. I get it. He said, do your research. Number one lesson. He said he up to his stake in Occidental Petroleum to 14%. He underscored the need to do your own research and make extensive, if possible, efforts to do more research. So he saw 60% of the top holders in Occidental being no more than passive investors, unlikely take advantage of any dislocation when the stock drops. And when he did, he went to work buying up more, than, more and more shares. He's not afraid to have a big bet. And again, in the 1990s, when I got in this industry, he was old man Buffett to me. And I, I was like, I'm going to show him. So, and now I just want to be him. So this is last year. He's doing his glide church, big giveaway. And I'm not sorry that I never got to have lunch with him. Those, you know, lunches went for $150,000. Now they're going for a million plus, but it would have been nice. So second lesson that he really, highlighted this weekend was buy when others are fearful. Falling markets have deterred Buffett before. Nope. He can't say that. He likes them. In March of 2020, when the markets really got hold of what's going on with this pandemic thing, the markets are really dislocated. And I made sure, and you could listen to the podcast from mid-March, I'm like, this is a once-in-a-generation buying opportunity. Now, it turns out that, yeah, we, we have come back to those levels. But you got into some good prices. 
and he probably felt pretty comfortable. Buffett spent $51 billion to buy stocks in the first quarter. The one that I still don't really understand other than from a value and income kind of angle is HP. It's tough to like go for that one. Ask yourself this question moving forward. Would Warren Buffett be doing in down markets? And anytime you are in a down market like we've had in 2022, just saying, you know, what would you know, the bumper sticker, what would Jesus do? And that's on bumper stickers. I and mean, you're not supposed to honk at people and flick people off. You're supposed to forgive them for being bad drivers, right? I think that's the gist of it. So I, I don't have a stock on my 401k. It's an investment vehicle. Maybe I should have a, Buffett, uh, a Warren Buffett sticker. What would Warren do? Buffett has long purchased stocks of companies he understands. You know, and finally, you know, some other last thoughts here. Um, Amazon was brought up a lot of conversations where he sees it a, a lot like a utility. He sees Apple and their cash flow a lot like a utility. You seem to pay for something every month. A lot of people think that he's probably acquiring a position in Amazon now. And that's, that's a neat way of thinking that he sees it as a utility. I look at Apple at the gym. I'm like, wow, this is a fashion statement. I don't see this as a tech company at all. I see it with kids. Like they want to have an Apple phone as a luxury item. I don't see it as a tech company at all. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Years like 2022 are never fun in the sense of when things go down, you feel less rich, you feel less wealthy, you feel uh, more stupid. I like down periods because they tend to shake out the weaker people. Um, and it just creates for a healthier foundation going forward. What's unfortunate is that a lot of people are losing what they thought were winnings. Um, it's like staying at a casino a little bit too long where don't do it. Get up and leave. You had your stra- streak. And you're like, I'm going to see that you're, you're like, this person's going down. And you always see it. April was a cruel month, and I like cruel months. I think you probably remember about six months ago, I lost a pretty good friendship, uh, just a lifelong person who, when she started investing using Robinhood, and she's a stay-at-home mother, and she's got a lovely, a lot of lovely characteristics. She's a great human being, but I was like, wow, she's really thinks she's a contemporary of mine in stocks now. Um. And I'm not cocky. I'm not arrogant. I just do this for a lot of hours a day. Um, and it's not part-time. It's not goofy. She's all into acro gymnastics. And I'm not. I'm all into investing and, and again and again and again. 
but I like cruel months because it, it humbles people. It's not as easy as it looks. It shouldn't be as easy as it looks. But one thing that I'm having a little bit of problem with right now is the stock market's getting hit pretty good, right? What about the real estate market? I bought a home last year with stocks, essentially. My income was good, but I certainly would afford the home on the income alone. And I'm like, why isn't the real estate market getting hit? Or why isn't the job market getting hit? And the answer is, I think both will. May looks to be interesting. We have the Chinese curse going on right now. Um, the Fed Open Market Committee meeting coming up. We're going to get a lot of conversation out of Fed Chairman Chief Jerome Powell. In those six weeks since the last meeting back in March, Fed officials' rhetoric has turned significantly more hawkish, and the stock market's gotten beaten up. And you're like, wait, wait. One of the things that Fed wants to do is for the stock market to go down, stop creating excessive wealth so people can go out and buy homes and cars and boats. They want to curb some of the speculation that comes from the stock market's success. So when it deflates 10, 15, 20% in a year, isn't that taking some of the air out of inflation? Yes. We've seen no rise in unemployment. We've seen only a modest increase in central bank's key policy rate. The next 60 days, the Federal Reserve can move interest rates. It's expected 50 times, 50 basis points, and then another 70 up to 75 basis points after that. So in about 65, 75 days from now, we're going to be sitting in a much different environment. 75, 80 days ago, we were sitting in, uh, we haven't raised interest rate environment yet. We knew they were coming. 180 days ago, we we're like, well, maybe one will come in 2022. And then we got to the level of end of 2021, like maybe two will happen in 2022. And now it's seven to 11 rate hikes. A lot's changed in a very short amount of time. So what about employment? The Fed, they have a mandate to keep employment high. So we do want to pay attention to employment numbers. They will have a lot of that for them to look at in their summarizing reports, getting ready for the release of their decision. There's been a jump in employment costs. That was pretty significant, 1.4% jump. There's year-over-year increases for civilian compensation to about 4.5%. So there's a lot of inflation going on right now. For a institution that is renowned for saying that they want inflation somewhere between 2%, a little bit more is fine, but not much more. So when you start projecting some of these numbers, it's, it's bad. And it's going to be bad for the better part of this year. But some of the errors already come out of the stock market. At some point, it needs to come out of the real estate market and out of the job market. In theory, of this is all going to start working together. Because it should be connected. You don't create wealth in a vacuum. Like I said, you know, I created a lot of wealth in Apple and I use some of that Apple to buy a rental property. I use some of that Apple to buy a vacation property. I use some of that Apple to buy a, a bigger, better home for my family. So it's shaved off um, some winnings. And if that helps. Spirit Board just rejected a JetBlue offer on antitrust risks. 
one of the areas where I'm going to go bash Clinton here for a second, because history is easy to bash whoever you want to bash. And like, you'll be like, I love Clinton. He was my man. I'm not going there. I'm not saying he wasn't the man or he was the man or he wasn't the man or he was the man. But under his watch, we really kind of got media companies became a mess of deregulation. And airlines did a lot of deregulation, started merging and acquiring each other. In the end, we want at least five airlines in the air, five big healthy ones. But when, you know, we've consolidated, you know, maybe six legacy carriers down to three. And it's down, down to the, like, the weirdos, the, the late, the party guys, the jet blues looking at a spirit saying, hey, you want to be my partner, my dance partner? Because we need to get some volume, volume, volume. So the Justice Department became very deregulation. And one area that I think it's very famous for creating a lot of profits was the deregulation of the financial institutions, where there used to be a wall between investment banking and brokers. Bankers and brokers didn't like each other. And then insurance didn't like bankers and the insurance didn't like the brokers and the brokers didn't like the insurance. And they all started creating product to compete with one another. 10 years ago on the show, I'd be like, I want my insurance company to be my insurance company. And I want my banking company to do my banking. And I want my brokerage company to be my brokerage. And I've kind of been kind of true to that, but I'm more open-minded to today. Now I want my brokerage company to have great paperwork because when it's tax time, I kind of need that little extra help of organization. 800-516-1220, get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Hottest market in the United States right now for real estate is Tampa. Is it because Tom Brady's there? No. Um, Southeast United States has been thriving. And I would say Tampa is the sister city of Miami. And I like Tampa a lot more than I like since uh, Miami. Miami is like the fun weekend, sexy getaway. Tampa's like, I think I could live here. Tampa, Florida was rated the hottest housing market by Zillow. Now, here's the problem when you're the hottest. Who's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now? Or who's the best quarterback? And all it takes is one elbow issue, and they're gone. So the Yankees, let me give you the Yankees example this year. Aaron Judge is just a monstrous big man who hits home runs and he's a fan favorite in New York City and he sells a lot of jerseys. And sometimes I think the Mark Cuban method of you don't necessarily have to create a winner. You just have to create a winning atmosphere so people are happy in. So the Yankees had this deal going into the season that they're like, they have to sign him to a 10-year contract because he's about to become a free agent at the end of the year. And he basically bet on himself. And he said, you know, I'm going to have a hot year. They have to give me instead of $100 million over 10 years, they have to give me $150 million. Now, if he gets hurt, it's going to be like, whoops, mess that one up. But right now, Tampa is the hottest market in the United States. And all I bring up for you is I get it. I get chasing performance, but be very, very cautious. Because you're going with something that's already got winning numbers. If Judge has a career year this year, guess what? Next year, he probably won't have a career year. Could happen. But he could also be in, in hockey. They're famous. On their career years, the other uh, contract years, when it's about to expire, suddenly everyone starts scoring. 
and then they kind of take it easy after they get the paycheck for a few years. And that's not quite the way it works, but it does statistically look that way at times in the National Hockey League. So here's a question again. Do you want to invest when things are super hot or when things are super slow? You cut a lot of risk out if you buy losers. Now, again, I'm not saying, you know, go to the swamp 35 miles south of Tampa. I'm saying just if, you're, if you have a plan, do it for the long term. Tampa's housing boom comes at a time when the average 30-year fixed mortgage rates climbed over 5%. We're not even three months into that. So we haven't seen the reverberations of the throw the rock in the middle of the pond and see how it, the waves come out. So Tampa's ultimately kind of cheap and kind of charming compared to Miami. Um, it's got the tax benefits of Florida. It's got the warm weather that a lot of people want to escape to, but it's a little bit too warm. In Phoenix and Houston, already deep into air conditioning days. So we got to watch how warm we really want things. But Tampa's a good city to visit. And again, it's the whole Warren Buffett thing. He bought a lot of stocks in the first quarter of 2022 when things were down. That should be an applicable rule to real estate towards everything in your life. The hot fad this year could be strawberry shortcake dresses. And you're like, oh, yeah. And then a year from now, you're going to be like, well, look at those. Those look silly now. Buying when it's hot, uh, it feels good. It doesn't always work out. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Let's start off our Monday morning with the Monday morning report card. The NASDAQ's down 21% for the year. Woo! S&P 500 down 13%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 9%. And your treasury sits at 2.9%. That's kind of important because that's moved a lot in the last 12 months, but a lot in the last three. Projecting a hotter economy with inflation and full jobs right now, but also working in an environment where there's inflation. And problems in Ukraine and Russia and problems with COVID in China. So far, demand's held up in the United States and jobs have held up. And thus, inflation has held up. Bitcoin's down 17% for the year at 38481 Amazon is down 25% for the year. I've bought Amazon this year at a higher price, but I'm comfortable with it. I didn't buy for one year. I bought for 10 years. Um, with that said, if I ever become uncomfortable with it, I will let you know. Amazon should be on someone like Warren Buffett's target. If I'm thinking correctly, I wouldn't be surprised even six months from now, we know we've learned that he's taken a position. Consult a broker for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made a surprise visit to Kiev to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky and show support for Ukraine. Um, yeah, so stories are still going on there, right? Angelina Jolie was talking to some refugees and air sirens come on and you can see her gather her goodies and leave. I got clickbaited into one of those clickbaits you shouldn't clickbait into. Russian forces uh, survive Ukrainian street fight. I'm like, I kind of want to see what that looks like. And when you look at it, you're like, man, this is like Call of Duty, but it's real people. When a colleague gets shot and they have to grab him and pull him to safety. It's like, oh. 
talking about being from the comfort of your own home, comfort from your living room, watching the war unfold. Technology is crazy. Mr. Consistent strikes again. Warren Buffett had a weekend getaway. Have you ever found somebody who could do crockpot recipes really well? You're like, wait, wait. I thought crockpots were like good for spaghetti sauces. And you had this idea like, oh, no. I do a full-on filet in my crockpot. And you're like, no. Oh, yeah. And I do uh, all the side dishes while it's all I'm at work. I'm like, no. And you beat that person. You're like, dang, you're good. Warren Buffett's 91 years old. And he preached that he's more of a slow cooker than he is uh, a hot oven. He's buy and hold. He's pretty worked up at Wall Street right now, turning into too many options and too many people renting companies, trying to create wealth instead of buying companies, living off the profits the companies make. He talked about how amazing it is that you can own a company like Occidental Petroleum. You can be an owner in it. And just because Wall Street goes a little crazy and overbuys or oversells, you can do very well of uh, getting into a price point. He's buying the dip. He scooped up $51.1 billion in stocks during the sell-off in the first quarter. He would never call it buying the dip because he doesn't believe in timing the market. He's just looking for companies that he sees inappropriately valued, and he jumps in on them. He juiced up his stakes in Occidental, as I mentioned, and Chevron. One thing that I never thought I'd see in his hand is an Xbox controller playing Call of Duty. But Warren Buffett picked up Activision in the quarter. I did too. He's taken a 9.5% stake in. I wish I took a 9.5% stake in it. He thinks Microsoft has enough money to acquire it. Um, and that's why the stock's up 15% right now. And he thinks that the company will be acquired and that ultimately folded into Microsoft. In worst case scenario, he says, okay, then it's, it's, we acquired it at a much lower price. Than it had been for five years, and maybe we got a, a value if, if Microsoft walks away. And Microsoft probably won't walk away. Um, maybe it's an acquisition they'll regret because there's some cultural issues at Activision, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Warren Buffett referred to Wall Street as totally a casino. Charlie Munger lashed out against Robinhood app, prompting for the, uh, the duo to basically trash Robinhood. I, I'm fine with Robinhood's app. I don't like the gamification of it. I don't like buying stock options on, stock options on it. And when the average user has an account of you know a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, I don't think that's a really a real brokerage account. Buffett said that inflation swindles almost everybody, and was the result of the Fed's gargantuan stimulus measures to prop up the economy during the pandemic. The Fed created their own inflation that they have to fight by keeping the cost of money too low. He says Jay Powell's a hero. He did what he had to do to keep the economies afloat during COVID. So I kind of agree with that. I'm not backseat driving. Airbnb's new remote work policy is super flexible. Got to practice what you preach. Companies can allow most of its workforce to live and work anywhere they, they want, unlike some other tech giants who are trying to get people to move back into the office or at least in the same country. Airbnb's benefited significantly from the broader shift to remote work. 20% of nights booked on the platform in the second half were for stays of at least a month. I get it. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.